Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to Plug In and Play. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. My name is Wayne Madden, and it is indeed that podcast all about video games and uh, how we love them, how we adore them. Now, once again, we are in the phenomenal New Enterprise Studios recording this podcast in Studio C of New Enterprise Studios in Southwick in Sunderland. And um, here to tell you a little more about New Enterprise Studios, but also the co-host for this show, another wonderful man, a filmmaker, an editor, an extraordinarily... A visionary, a man who I'm trying to think of words of. No, he's a he's a phenomenal person, Mr. Henry Thompson. Very welcome back. Pleasure to have you again. Thank you very much. You always try to get me so I can't fit through the door, Mr. Ego Builder. Honestly, that's what it is. That's what yeah. it is. Yes. But uh, apparently, I have to do a sales pitch, so I'll sales pitch a little well, bit. Well, Studio well, C here, obviously, yes. as you can tell from this uh, beautiful sultry tones, is. Uh, you know, got very, very modern, efficient microphones. We are able to do podcasting. Excuse my plosive there. That was me being an idiot. Uh, we're able to do podcasting. We do voiceovers. We do ADR sessions. We record musicians. We do uh, all kinds of stuff. Foley, bit of everything. The room is dampened to something like minus 29 decibels. Um, it's got a lovely little window that you view out to the rest of the world. If you need to remote record people, which we normally do for things like singers and so on, who don't want you in the room at the same time, clickety clacking on keyboards and whatnot. But we don't bother with any of that when it comes to podcasting. Keep it nice and uh, mellow as best we can. And uh, that's like uh, Wayne Madden mentioned, that's here in Sunderland in Southwick. But the good, the good half of Southwick, not the bad half. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it anyway. And uh, yeah, we're available for a rental consultation. People can come in. They can walk around, have a chat. Chat's always free. Come on by. Check it out and see what you like the place. Absolutely. And of course, I'll, uh, as always, include the link in the description of this show. If you want more information, follow that link tree to find out a little bit more. And of course, you may notice uh, as part of this episode that the audio sounds that bit better, that bit crisper, that bit firmer. And it's because we're using some brand new microphones that were recently installed here in Studio C. So Always upgrade or you fail to evolve and you die exactly you, you need to be you need to be constantly evolving you need to be constantly upping your game and i'll tell you yeah. listening to you you sound so velvety and creamy i'm <sighs> definitely firm well i mean what what can i say <laughs> what can i say that's it that's you know that's the way it has to be that's it's you know want to want to do that for the for the listeners as well want them listening out there going what the hell i thought this was about video games it is do you know the bit that you lose when you because we've done these sessions sometimes on zoom and things like that and uh like me and uh You've done a few episodes yourself, Movie Madness, another yes, podcast indeed. that we do. Yes, great, great film podcast all about, uh, well, not just about horror, but from uh, from Henry and also Mr. Wayne Thompson. Amazing podcast. You're you're currently, I believe, by the time this show goes out, season you're three just about, started, yeah, season yeah. three. So definitely check that out, folks. But yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I was going to say, I'm doing Movie Madness and as well as doing that this plug-in, uh, plug-in and play. A lot of it gets done via like Zoom and stuff yes, like that. Yes. And that's fine. It's okay. But there's nothing like being able to look across the room and seeing the person that you're talking with and gauging their expression. And, and it gives it so much more of a vibrancy. And also, you're not having to worry about, you know, that intermittent, oh, no, you go. Oh, sorry. Did I? Oh, no, you go. You keep talking. I just talk over your ass here and you talk over me and it all works out. It's great. <laughs> 
It's just the it's as as long as we have the right dynamic. That's it. You know, that's Oh yeah. And I know you've been on, you know, you've been on episodes of Plug In and Play before and it was like I could have been. I was very tired. You were. You were <laughs> no definitely because we, we had some fan mail. So after the last episode, oh, yeah, yeah. We, oh, we had a guy I think I need yes. to actually that's right. Don't I have to be like uh less negative on this one? Uh well there was there was the less negative because you were less negative on the last show than you were on the one before that. Uh, I'm gonna be like a fucking raindrop of sunshine today. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Love them. Fantastic. Love it all. Well, it was it was a gentleman I used to work with named Adam Colhoun. So a big shout out to Adam and thank you for listening to the show. And I know he's a big fan. Woo! Adam! And he listened <laughs> out and he was like, uh, this Henry guy is just amazing. Like that that American dude needs to be on every episode you do. That that was the feedback I got. Well, I think we need more Adam on this show. That's what I think. I'd love to see Adam on this show. That's amazing. I think he's I think he's over in continental Europe at the moment, actually. The last I heard he was in Liechtenstein of all places. It might make the trek to the studio hard. It but might make hey, it, but Zoom, it's worth it. Zoom connects Zoom, us yeah. all. Yeah, it does. It does indeed. So uh talking about video games, one I'm up. going in blind, everyone. I don't even know what today's topic is. Here well, we go. I'm gonna face it with you. Okay. Bring it on, man. I was I was thinking about this recently. Um, obviously, we are you know we we are gamers and we are influenced to a certain extent as consumers and as gamers by advertising by marketing. You know, uh, some of us are influenced to a lesser extent than others. It's obviously an individual basis, but advertising and marketing it exists to sell a product to hype up a game mm. and so i it got me thinking when the hype has died down when the hype has gone away and the game is no longer a new release what have you found yourself coming back to and the reason i mention this is because quite recently i have found myself i won't do that again i won't hit the arm <laughs> of the microphone recently i have found myself replaying a lot of red dead redemption 2 Mm. Now, this is a game that I had played previously, but as anybody who's played Red Dead 2 will know, even though I'd probably played about 20 or 30 hours, that was only a drop in the ocean of what this game actually was. Oh, yeah. First 20 hours, all you find out is that the horse testicles react to weather. This is this. I'm going to come back to this point because I, I have a complaint. <laughs> I also have a complaint about my horse after the last week's play. Oh, come on. Bessie's a good girl. I called my <laughs> I called my horse Wayne. I called it after myself and I didn't realize it was a female You wanted John horse. Morgan to ride you? I mean, Arthur Morgan. That's what I meant. Sorry. What are it's they called? John Marsden John and Arthur Marsden Morgan. And Arthur Morgan. Yes. Yeah, my bad. Yes. My bad. Thank you for correcting but, me. But Arthur Morgan, you know, he's a man's man. If he wants to get, can't even survive a little tuberculosis. <laughs> what a little wuss! Is that actually? Oh, I got a bit of a cough. <laughs> no, man, just man up and deal with it. TB the Wild West, for God's sake. TB sakes. was a killer in those days, though. It was a ravaging killer. Apparently, yeah. Anyway, the point is, when I was a kid, we just had polio for breakfast. I found myself returning to Red Dead Redemption Two, and playing through it, and. Obviously, there was a lot of hype about Red Dead Redemption 2 when it was first released. And so going back, I thought, let's keep at this game. And I found one of my old save files that I was about 30% into the game. 
And I think the last time I played it was like, you know, something like October 20, uh, 2022. Mm. And I found this old save file actually on the, the PSN network where they obviously store some of your old save files on the cloud. And so I'd ended up basically going back and playing this game. And I was, I've been really getting into it. And I've been like trying to do all the little small missions as well. And as well as the main missions. But the game has really started kicking in. And there was a certain point, there was a mission in particular where Jack goes missing. Uh, John and Abigail's son. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Dutch is like. When he's we, like a little kid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We will get that boy back. I swear we'll to you, Abigail. Boy. It's yeah. just a matter. We got to get him. And and it just I was like this is this is getting really good and I I was so it got me thinking and I'd love to hear from listeners out there as well but specifically for yourself Henry are there games that you've maybe played at the time of release or not but when the hype and the advertising and the marketing has died down that you've gone back and gone I'm going to return to this game and actually found yourself getting really into it Oh, is that the connection to the marketing side? Is that was what, you, yeah. You wait for the push to die down, and yes. what have you rediscovered? Okay, yeah, I was yeah, wondering yeah. how the two connected. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I'm a bit of a cheap ass with games. Yes. Uh, because now we have obviously Game Pass, and you got the PlayStation sure. Plus Collective, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I've been burned several times by buying a full price game 100%. that lets you down. Yeah. Specifically, I'm looking at you, Battlefield 2042. <laughs> um, you absolute fuck nugget of a game. Uh, so I only really buy like four or five full price games a year. Yes. And I also really couldn't give a shit about marketing because these days, they, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack. When I was a kid back in the day, <laughs> growing up, marketing for a video game was there to sell you on the game. Yes. Look at this gameplay. <gasps> Look at these graphics. What a story, etc. Now the games are sold to you by, look who's already playing it. Ooh, KSI plays this game. Ooh, God. Jake Paul has a copy. Oh, this other guy played it. Well, I don't give a fuck about all that stuff. I don't give a fuck who likes games. I just know if I like it or not. Even reviews are just so asinine now. Ooh, this game has uh, one of the developers had bad politics, so now we're not going to review it. How yeah. about you just actually focus on doing your fucking job and tell me if the game is good or bad? Um. So, yeah, and I, I feel like, uh, judging by the reviews I've seen for Let's, for example, pull out <laughs> of our booties, Last of Us Part Two. Yes. I don't think I can trust 90% of reviewers anymore. No. Because it seems an awful lot to me. Like, reviewers are, oh, this game means a lot to Sony. It's a masterpiece. Oh, this game is an independent producer. Yeah, shit. And it's, it's very... It just feels like, I don't know, is there some greenbacks going on behind the scenes? I think for I think for a long time there's been a terrible problem with the state of game journalism to, to just for that particular point there. And I do have to credit, and I remember particularly when The Last of Us 2 came out, I want to credit IGN Japan for being one of the few outlets that came out with a very unbiased review about The Last of Us 2, but were unfortunately slated quite a bit in the West for doing that, but were one of the very few mainstream gaming media who came out and went, listen, this game isn't all that. Mm -hmm. It's not saying that it's not a very well meticulously produced game, 
but it's not all that it's cracked up to be and it's not all it's hyped up to be. Well, give me one second. I'm going to readjust this slightly. That's okay. Just so I can move it a little higher. Yeah, please do. Okay. Well, my big thing is, so like I say, growing up, it was about selling me the game. And Mm -hmm. how you would do that is you would tell me all the things that make me want to play it. You would then give me a really fancy box. You would try to make it as alluring as humanly possible. Yes. And you would then um, sell me this product ready to go. Normally, you'd give me options like a collector's edition, big ass instruction manual, things that would tell me you're about to enter a new world. Now, games are no more than content. And so it's like, hey, you're going to buy this game? Fuck you. Buy the game. Fuck you. You know, oh, you yeah. bought it on Blu-ray? Haha, <laughs> no instruction manual for you, no interliner notes, nothing. Just a fucking disc. Fuck you. Um, I get nothing for yeah. buying a game anymore. So that depreciates the value of buying the game in itself. You know, so for me, it's more a case of 90% of games I know I'm not gonna bother with unless the hype has died down and they're cheap. Mm-hmm. Because I don't care about giving the developer the full money if they don't take the time to give me a better product. And I don't know that till I bought the fucking product, but you're doing nothing to sell me the product. Well, also yes. on that note yes. of selling, I will yes. say it used to be some people will really enjoy this game. Yes. Other people may not. That's basically how all entertainment works. But there seems to be a very collective issue now where everyone wants to band together. And I think social media really brings us out. Mm. You're wrong if you don't like this game. Yes. If you don't like Last of Us Part Two, you're wrong and probably also a bigot. Mm. Oh, you do like this game? You're part of the cool kids. Oh, you like that game? Well, you obviously suck because that's a game that no one likes. I hear this a lot about things like Warzone and Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare 1, oh, it's so great. Yeah, the whole world agrees. Oh, Modern Warfare 2, oh, that's so shit. Everyone agrees it's garbage. Oh, Vanguard, we all agree it's garbage. You like that? You've got no taste. Oh, Black Ops, oh, everyone loves Black Ops. Nuketown, yay. What's with all the fucking division, man? Just do you like this one or not? And then that's fine for your opinion. I don't judge you for liking Nuketown. I don't think you should judge me if I like the night vision episodes of Modern Warfare, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So because of all that shit, I don't even bother talking to people about games until after I've played it and after it's already like out of sequence, out of everything. So I I can't fuck no uh, care about marketing. All of the games I play are back catalog because of it. With the rare exception, and specifically the only exception is, does it have multiplayer? Are the servers going to be empty in six months? Yes. Then I'll buy it today. Yeah, that can that can definitely be a concern. And with rare exception, yeah. I think the last game I paid full retail price for was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Because I... Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. That's the first game. Horizon Forbidden West? Oh, Is yeah. the sequel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I paid full price for that because I really enjoyed the first one. So, I mean, taking the marketing and advertising out of this question and thinking of like, let's say you you have Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. And they advertise the flip, if you like, out of certain games in Game Pass when they're new on the server. So High on Life would be an example. That goes on the Game Pass and Xbox are like, you've got to play this game. It's brand new and it's available. And so there's a sense of a marketing and an advertisement to it. Um, I'm wondering whether are there like maybe a hidden gem that you 
didn't play at the time of release that you heard a little bit about in the background and that you then went back to maybe six months, a year or more later and you were like, God, this is actually a really enjoyable game. And I've I've actually, you know, I, I, I should have played this maybe ages ago or that, that mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, like I say, I think I'm the anomaly because I okay. don't I don't bother with gaming websites. I don't keep up with the news on gaming hardly. Okay. I only really keep up with the industry news, not the individual games. And I don't really talk to a lot of people who are bothered with like Facebook groups and shit like that. So everything's a bit of a surprise to me. Okay. So for example, I was going through Game Pass the other day, flicking through, and um I had downloaded uh Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Great and game. Yeah, it's great. It's oh, really, really good. Yes. And I was flicking through and I go, uh, oh, man, I really am in the mood for playing like a good strategy game, old school RTS, like yes. a like a like a uh, red alert or something. Oh, okay. So I go flicking through and see what's in their strategy section. And I find all the Age of Empires. I haven't played Age of Empires in fucking years. So I downloaded the newest one, which is like number four or something. And I really enjoyed that for like three or four hours and then I uninstalled it never played it ever again because <laughs> I don't really give myself a lot of time for games I yes. recently did um oh I tell a lie actually I paid nearly full price I had a I had a gift card for uh the Resident Evil 4 remake oh okay and I managed to beat that game after about three weeks of playing 20 minutes every couple of days what was your impression of that review wise give me give me an idea give me a review of that because i'm i'm i haven't played it yet and i've seen little bits and pieces does it look that different is it an is it an improvement graphically it is exactly like the resident evil 2 and 3 remakes in the sense that it is reminiscent yes but not the same game at all okay They've kept locations, you've still got the village, and you've still got other bits and bobs, but, like, the entire mechanics of how the game works is different. You've got a knife now that you can deflect just about every move someone gives you. If you set someone off balance, you could always melee them, but you can move while you fire now, so you don't have to aim and stand there like an idiot. Mm. That was always one of the things that was so good about Resident Evil 4 was... I'm a fucking super trained soldier, assassin, badass, Leon Kennedy, fucking legend. Hold on, hold on. Let me get my specs on. I got to aim at this guy. Let me just aim my laser pointer. Hold on. Wait, wait. Stand there. I got to stand still. Hold on. Wait, wait. Okay. Aim it vertical. Let me get some horizontal in there. Oh, he hit me. What? How did he come? He can move while he's aiming. How come I can't do that? Well, now you can just like fucking roll around and everything. It's like Resident Evil 6 again. Um, But no, overall, really, really good game. Really oh, fun. Good. Um. I enjoyed playing through it the once, and that was plenty. I don't need to go through professional mode and all the other shit to get all the unlockables, which are meaningless cosmetic bullshit. Mm. Um, just like Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3's remakes, it was good fun, and I enjoyed it, but in one sense, it's not a patch on the original. Mm. Um, it's much better than 2. And it's much better than 2 because they didn't simplify it uh, the way they did that one. Okay. They took all the best elements of 2 out, I would yes. argue. Yes. Um, but it is a great standalone game. Yeah, I think... Uh, 4, I think, is a much better representation of what 4 was originally. Oh, right. No, so no, you could take yeah. it or leave it. Because, I mean, I think that that is good as the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes are. Um, they are definitely not the games that they were. Oh, no. Um, they, two it, especially yeah, is, two is the is neutered version. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. pretty, but it doesn't have the brains. No, that's true. It's the yes. bimbo Resident Evil. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. You have a good night fucking her, <laughs> but you don't then talk politics. No, no. Um, 
It's in interesting. Um, oh, actually, I must ask you about Shredder's Revenge as well. Uh, briefly, did you did you actually unlock Casey Jones? Did you finish the storyline? I played two levels, and two, then stopped playing. Why? Because it'd be much more fun with like a group of people. It's one of those that's games that really true. requires four players. No, that's true. It is good having a co-op thing. Yeah. So I just yeah. don't bother playing a game that would be better uh, with more people by myself. It's it, like I, I've all right. I used yes. to play Destiny a lot with yes. uh, with Danielle and my and my friend Jim. Yes. We would play that probably every couple of nights for hours at a time as our fire team. Yes. But then Jim disappeared and stopped playing. And that was just me and Danielle. Yes. And then you feel like, oh, you really need a third person's a stranger. It doesn't feel as good. Um, and then she didn't want to play because he wasn't playing. So yeah. then I'm by myself. So since then, I've never played Destiny. Because without my team, my team, the game story. is just so boring. Yes. The game is only fun because you play it with your friends. I if can, you, no, if you can, can play that, that game yeah. with strangers, I just don't think you've got real friends in life. It's interesting. Um, it reminds me of a story that you told me many years ago about a particular game. This is never good when I tell you, a story years ago. You, I no, was off the cuff years ago, man. But it, but it's it's <laughs> it's uh, you played a game, one particular game, for one night, all night with these two individuals that you've just mentioned. Oh, I know exactly which game you're going to tell Rayman me. Rayman Legends. Okay. Rayman Legends, yeah. And it was actually Rayman Origins, the first Rayman one on PS3. Origins. Yeah. But every time I bring it up and you're like, I remember that night. And it was just like such a lovely moment of like the, well, the okay. three of you just getting like <laughs> into that game and like having such a lovely time. The reason was, and, and Rayman Legends is a phenomenal game. It is, it's yes, great fun. Yes. It's great fun by yourself. It's much more fun with friends. But Rayman Origins, on the other hand, was almost fucking impossible without friends because it was so cripplingly difficult. Mm -hmm. but if you had friends with you and they died, they would turn into a bubble. And if you could revive them, you don't lose your place in the level. Yes. So we relied on each other to do the risky shit, taking turns. And I'll never forget. We got to the final level, which was like uh, the land of the living, living dead grandmas or whatever. Um, and it was so crushingly difficult. We must've spent three hours straight trying to beat this level and slinging insults at each other and jokes back and forth over who turned into a fucking why why did you fucking jump over to the thing well i was a bubble well why were you a fucking bubble well i touched the <laughs> thorn well why'd you touch the thorn well you're fucking idiot that's why back and forth back and forth yes. and we went to like nearly did it and i remember jim specifically was like in, he was the last one alive we were both bubbles and it was like a chase bit so he's running away from like lava and we're trying to catch up but their bubbles aren't fast enough and he's like got to do it by himself and he's dodging things and he's getting more and more intense he's going ur, 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 getting really really into it we're going go Jim you can do it man oh my god fucking do it and eventually he just managed to like just get over the end bit and he just just say survived long enough to hit that last little bit and he completed the level and he shot up like a shot and he shouted at the top of his lungs taste my motherfucking rainbow <laughs> and it was so unexpected hilarious I honestly nearly passed out I fell over on the floor laughing and just cried my eyes out with laughter over taste my fucking rainbow I, and I, that was yeah. just one of those moments. I'll never forget it. It was hilarious. It reminds me. It reminds me of a um, of a very good evening that I had uh, with some of my housemates when I used to live in a shared house many years ago, 
and we spent a night playing Guitar Hero. And so at one point, I mean, some of these people I lived with for like four or five years and very rarely socialized with them. But at one point, this guy moves into the house and he has this old PS3. Um, I think it was a PS3. And he had like copies of Guitar Hero and the actual guitar controllers. And he was like, look, I'll set up this in the communal living room area. And sure, if anybody is around and wants to play it, fair enough. And however it happened, there was a particular night where there was a group of us together and we were all playing Guitar Hero. And we were all doing songs and cheering each other on. And it was just a lovely moment in time that we could not even replicate that moment if we tried. Oh, yeah. It came together completely by chance. But I look back now and I think of that night and it was one of the best experiences I had of six years living in that house. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. just, it's incredible. And all through like the chance encounter of a video game many years after it, the hype had died down of Guitar Hero. I had a similar experience. Uh, I went to a taco night at my friend Will's house and his sister had the uh, the original Wii. It was how long ago oh, it was. Oh, nice. And it was like, I don't know, guys. You want to play a little bit of Wii Sports or something, whatever? And we're like, yeah, why not? Yeah. We got so fucking into topping each other on the baseball and the uh, golf and stuff. Uh, baseball specifically, we're just like, you know, fucking take that. We were all taking turns, having a whale of a time, smacking into each other and shit. Yeah, the Wii was good fun when it came out. You, uh, you, you've you met Eve, who I worked with on the uh, on the NCS last summer. and Oh, uh, yeah, a lovely yes, person. Yeah. yeah, well, myself and Eve, uh, we found a Wii in the basement of one of the um, venues that we were doing NCS at. And so during breaks, we got this Wii set up with a bunch of the young people and we ended up like doing Wii bowling events. Just saying, man, there must be more Wiis in random attics, basements, closets and fucking toy chests than there is ETs at the bottom of a landfill. There must be. And it was just like it was it was just such fun to like the bowling event and we were all trying to outdo each other and uh it was a great little great little memory. It actually ended it ended up it led to like two occasions where groups of us actually went out some of the some of the team leaders uh went out and actually did bowling together. Like actual bowling. See, when I was a kid, it would be we all got together and played strip poker and the story would end with this led to sex. Of course, now in reality, it's, yeah. oh, yeah, we got together. We played rock band or we or something. This led to bowling. This yeah. led to this led to hanging out and having a whale of a time. Exactly. Times have changed. Yeah. yeah. Growing up in Florida was different time, different place. Um, I, I do have to come back, though, to. Uh, so you mentioned uh, when I was talking about Red Dead Redemption, too, because. I wanna. I have to bring up what's going on with this bloody horse. But can I give a feedback to my opinion for Red Dead Redemption Two? Yeah, of course you can. It's a shit game. You not enjoy it? Oh, the terrible fucking game. Amazing mechanics, fantastic world, amazing graphics, unbelievably detailed interactions, environment, everything perfect, amazing. But the story itself, to me, was so meandering, unfocused. All the missions bled together. It was far too fucking long. Arthur Morgan is disinteresting. The solutions and the finales are just so unearned. And then you have, like, a little tease of, hey, 
you get to hang out with John. Remember he was in the first game? How great was that? Because the first game's yeah. narrative was fantastic. It was. Yeah, yeah. So basically having effectively a shitty prequel repeat of that exact storyline, more or less at times. Yes. Just felt like, couldn't I just get a sequel with Jack or something? What the fuck am I playing with Arthur Morgan for? Well, you know what? I I don't... I have to say, I don't disagree it's with you. It's only the story I'm complaining Even about. Even though... All the rest of the game was phenomenal. I spent hundreds of hours just running around doing the side missions and the, and yes. the uh, fishing and uh, yeah. hunting. and But the story... Oh, it was a fucking slog, man. Even though, even though that is being negative, Mr. Negative, even though I will say I actually agree with you that the story itself, and I think it was you who described it to me best at some point a little while ago, you end up playing like an interesting opening or an interesting-ish opening, Mm. and then you play like so many missions where nothing is happening. Yep. And then out of nowhere, things start to kick in. Yep. And you're and like, then they just get bored again. Yeah. And it's like, couldn't, you know, could you, and I'm, I'm a big fan of old star Western films. And I'm a big mm. fan of uh, like the romanticism of that culture. The idea of what literally happened in history, the wild West meeting the new world. And yep. I just find that whole thing fascinating. And I think there was so much that you could have done with that. And they they didn't. They kind of kept it, as you say, very sane. This was the same problem I had with Better Call Saul. Okay. Um, The TV show Better Call Saul was really good when they were telling the story of Better Call Saul for me. Yes. But all the times where they were going, ooh, here's an allusion to that show you're going to watch, Breaking Bad, I found that boring because I've seen Breaking Bad. I know yes. what happens. Oh, oh, I wonder if Mike's going to get in danger. Well, he got killed by Walter White in Breaking Bad, so probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gus had half his face blown off, so he's probably not really about to get shot by Lalo, etc. That yes. kind of thing always yes. bugs me. So when you allude to John's story years later, but I already know what happens to him, there's no mystery factor. Does he find Jack? Is Abigail going to be okay? What's going on with John? All that doesn't mean anything. Yes. You know you hunt down Dutch or whatever, so you know he's all right. Arthur Morgan's out there, so you know he's going to die. There's no mystery there. Yeah. There's no mystery to any of it, and they're trying to build... Re- the whole problem with the story was they tried so hard to make you build so much rapport with all these characters that I couldn't give a fuck about yeah. because I either know I killed them myself in the first game <laughs> or they were already dead or they didn't matter. So their stories don't fucking matter. So you can build all the rapport you want with like Cookie the Chef and he's he's the one who gets all your game and gives you like fucking, I don't know, meat stew to help with your <laughs> healing. Oh, I tell you, I got a wife back over and uh, so-and-so and everything. I hope to see her again one day. Well, you're dead in the other game, so you didn't. Done. What do I care? I couldn't get I couldn't get invested because of that reason. But you know, you know, it's a fair point. Yeah, I, I, I think it would have been better with Red Dead Redemption 2 for them to have done a different story. I do, they could have had hints of Jack and Arthur and Dutch. You could have interacted with them but I would have much rather something that wasn't so connected with what was going to be 
the central plot line of Red Dead Redemption. You know, if I'd been Rockstar, what I would have done if you wanted to do a prequel, Go because up. I think because it was I think it was 1912 that uh, Red yes. Dead take, takes place in Red Dead. I, it's it's Red Dead One. I, I want to say I want to say it's 1911, 1912. But yeah, I think yeah. So yeah, you don't yeah. want to go too far in the future because you're going to hit the depression. That's I get right. that. You want to yes. keep it the western, so they made yes. it earlier, so they made a prequel. Fair enough. Yeah, I would have had you play the character that Jack, uh, sorry, John has to kill as the last person in Red Dead 1. And I would have had you play the villain to see the villain's perspective. And he would have no redemption. His redemption would be, I'll get taken out in the next game. Right. Because Arthur Morgan basically going on this whole thing of slowly dying and realizing maybe I'm doing wrong. And at the same time, he's trying to convince Dutch to not be a dickhead. But Dutch basically turns around and goes, yeah, no, I disagree. And that's the whole game. <laughs> and at the end of it, everyone goes, oh, do you turn yellow, Arthur? Oh, man. But then, John, you know, John comes up. He's like, Arthur, man, if it wasn't for you, I, don't, I wouldn't be picking flowers, hanging out with uncle. And it's like, OK, cool, I guess. Um, so what he dies now, what do he do? Like, I, I really couldn't care that he was nice because then John comes in the next game. And he has his own redemption. What? Arthur triggered that? So yeah. what? So fucking what? Hmm. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all in the scheme of things. Whereas if you were playing the villain. Yes. And you had to make those tough choices. And you had to, you were bound by the story to make those rough decisions would make the first game so much more impactful to play it from the other side. Yes. No, I could understand that. And and definitely, you see, that's that's the that's the writer in you. That's the filmmaker in you. But you're not wrong. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. And I think that would have been quite impactful. All but, the people that ship Arthur Morgan are fucking burning yeah. me in effigy right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Fucking I love Arthur Morgan. He's even better than John. <laughs> Said no, he's no not. one ever. No, no, no. And I, the voice, like John's voice actor is just such an amazing. Oh, he's in, great. Yeah, yeah. I always love when he would grab the. I, Daniel always makes a joke because when I got Red Dead 1. Yes. I played it for hours and hours and hours late into the night when she was trying to sleep. <laughs> and she was like, you kept me up all night again. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she goes, every five minutes, you heard, you little beauty. Because you'd be picking up the flowers. You always go, you little beauty. Come here, little fella. Oh, yeah. It just drove her nuts. It was like no different than way back in the day playing Spider-Man 2. And you'd be flying through the city. You'd be, oh, no, my balloon. And you'd have to go catch the kid's fucking balloon. And you couldn't web it because it would explode. So you'd have to actually swing up and grab the balloon. And you go, oh, thanks for getting my balloon, Spidey. All these kids with these fucking balloons. Like the only side mission there was when you beat the game. Well, I mean, look, think of how much joy you brought to all those children rescuing their balloons. Um, before before we go on to something else, um, I do want to mention, though, uh, one of the problems I was having, particularly with Red Dead Redemption 2, Every single time I go anywhere and my horse stops, it just goes to the toilet. This horse must have diarrhea or something. I've never known a horse to to go to the bathroom. And I don't even um, feed this horse anything. <laughs> and you it, gotta feed it apples and stuff. It's you, probably sick. Oh yeah, well, you, that must be the problem. You gotta give it some fucking oats or something. And and I was shocked enough at that. Have and you that, at least brushed it? And kept I this, have, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I you brush it, it and tease it with the thought of food I and brush then it. take it away. Well, I brush it and I give it some oat cakes every now and again. I think it's but, trying to shit on you is what I think it is. And I just, I'm like, this horse never stops. Like it's always <laughs> going to the bathroom. Um, 
But have the, you ever actually ridden a horse? In real life? Yes. I have, yes. Because yeah, yeah. I used to go horse riding when I was younger. Oh. And I can tell you, that's exactly what they do. That's accurate. Okay. They just literally just shit as they go. No, I, I, um, I've ridden horses in, um, in Scotland, actually, in the north of Scotland, and also in the Canadian Rockies. I, I rode horses. Yeah. Mm. Um, but um, you were telling me, speaking of horses in Red Dead Redemption Two, that can't the, wait to see where this segue goes. Yeah, because the designers had put apparently a special emphasis on the testicles of the horses. Oh uh, yeah, so like the this was one of those amazing facts they revealed yeah. over time is that they put so much detail into the game that the horses have modeled testicles and scrotums and that when they go into the colder regions the testicles shrivel up into and and lift up to to kind of like uh constrict because of the cold. And it's like, you know, I get putting detail in a game, but holy fuck, that's the next level. Imagine I remember I used to hang out with this guy, um, Ben Douglas. Okay. And he's a he's a CG artist and he also uh, is a game developer. And his uh girlfriend at the time, I don't know if they're still together. I haven't talked to him in a while, but his girlfriend at the time, who unfortunately his name I forget, and I apologize if you're listening by some miracle but she used to work at um, ubisoft oh yeah, yeah yeah and they were working on watchdogs that's right and yeah. she had been the one to design the physics for his coat flapping oh no way and that was her whole job for the whole game wow was to design the way his coat would move as he ran through the game and apparently it took year, like a months of testing to get it to work correctly. So the coat wouldn't like interlace into his legs or something. Yes. Yes. But that was her name. That's my claim to fame for that game was I designed yeah. the fucking coat physics. And wow. I thought that was amazing. She also had done like uh, guest spots. I think she was raving about the fact that if you every now and then, if you shoot a particular prostitute in GTA uh, five, you'd hear her get killed. Because she guessed it as one of the voices of the prostitutes wow. getting killed. What a claim to fame. I know. I was like, that's fucking cool, that is, man. I'm yeah, like, I can yeah. see why you're banging her. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Literally designs coats for a year and gets killed as a prostitute. Wow. That is just living the dream in many ways. It's so different and creative and awesome. Because hmm. you don't, you play a game, you very rarely, maybe you think, you know, oh yeah, ray tracing's cool. And oh, that, uh, they've got actual hair model now and. You might pay attention to some of it, but you don't ever sit there and think that coat the guy's wearing, someone had to work out how that coat moves. Yes. It doesn't come into your head as an obvious thing, hmm. but because now it's effectively a separate layer, it could get clip and to prevent that, it has to have physics and to make the physics has to work, has to have weights and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That was her job. And I thought that was cool as fuck. I thought, I mean, I, I, it raises the question then of who is the individual out there or individuals who are responsible for the testicles in exactly whose one too. guy's yeah. job was doing yeah. the testicles. Cause I don't know if you know, but they've found all kinds of little hidden things that they've worked yeah, into the game yeah. where like um, birds occasionally actually have eggs okay. and the eggs sometimes fall out of the tree. And when they fall out of the tree or whatever, the animals come and forage them. Oh, wow. And like the fucking, uh, oh, I don't remember which animal it was, but some animal will occasionally take a shit. Right. Just randomly like a rabbit or something. But okay. what it does is then vulnerable. So all the wolves know to go and attack it at that moment and all this shit. Wow. It's like really detailed ecosystem. 
Yeah, I mean that's uh, uh, and and I mean credit. And then held together yeah. by such a shit story, unreal. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's it. Yeah, I wonder though, does somebody who works so this this particular lady that you mentioned who worked on the on the coat on Watchdogs, um, did she then just come to hate the game itself? Not for any other reason other than the fact of she'd given so much of her time to like one aspect or I oh think. no you know what she was a she she is a lovely person i'm yes i feel terrible i can't remember her name so my memory's so bad um but she was always really proud of having worked on that coat oh, fair play. like i remember her I, me and him and her had went to uh crispy cream we were eating donuts oh yes because me and him used to work together at the time and i was like so you spent like a year designing a coat didn't that feel like you kind of <laughs> got the the short end of the stick on that one and she's like Every time I see that game being played and I see that fucking coat work like a real coat, I'm unbelievably proud. Fair play. And I was like, Fair hey, play. man, you way to way to fucking go because it was a really good coat. It just it just goes to show. I mean, it just goes to show how much effort goes in to make those AAA titles. Oh, yeah. Um, and then this is this is probably brings us back to the earlier point they spend so much time creating an incredible looking game with an incredible ecosystem, whether it be Red Dead Redemption 2 or whether it be The Last of Us Part 2. And if the storyline itself doesn't hold up and it doesn't hold weight or water, ultimately it's like, you know, that that's that's where you're like, well, well, hang on a second. This game is a work of art and it's a masterpiece. It's just that you've attached this absurd storyline. Um, and for two just totally like different reasons. Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart? Atomic Heart. The game that everyone was raving about. First time developer Mudfish. AAA. Russian game. Uh, very kind of Fallout-esque. Uh, okay. Crazy over-the-top shit. That is a beautiful, beautiful game. Clearly takes inspiration from things like Bioshock Infinite yes. and Fallout and stuff. Great art aesthetic, um, but my god, the fucking story and the characters are all—they're not unfor—they're not forgettable. They're downright irritating hmm. because they're so fucking poorly done. And I don't know how much of this is down to translation or first-time events or anything. The robots have more personality than all the human characters. Hmm. Like one of the first things you do is you're sitting in a car, flying around, getting introduced to the world, and it's very good. It's very well put together and. The voiceover is fine. And then you wind up getting attacked and this old granny comes out of nowhere and she's like, fucking hell, man. Fucking we got to get out of here. Fucking robots and shit, man. And it's like, aren't you a Russian? <laughs> and then she's like, don't worry about it, son. Get yourself a fucking gun. I got these ones. And she's going to like bust out two AK-47 and start shooting these things down. And you're like, I don't believe you'd really do that in real life. Granny Smith. This uh, th this takes you as out of place as the uh, the Sudren Bell in God of War Ragnarok. Oh my God, God of War Ragnarok! <laughs> Let's not get on that no, fucking no. train again. But um, but yes, yes, at least have a little consistent. At least everyone in like Skyrim, for example, has that same terrible knockoff Nord accent. Yeah, you know, I was going to arrow through the knee or something. Yeah. They all sound vaguely similar and fine. There was no random like who. I got an arrow to the knee. What the fuck? <laughs> None of that shit came in there. They had consistency. So, you know, you know, Atreus, come here. Come with me now. Blah, 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 blah. And he's all like, all right, dad, no problem. And then this random girl, ooh, 
Peach Pie Pumpkin Cobbler. It's a medieval fucking time show. It, you know what? It, it, I hate it. it, it, it I it, hate it, Wade. I hate it. I think that in any form of media, it can really take it, you know, one little step can take you out of it. Like, for example, last night on television, I was watching, um, Have you've seen the Robocop series from 1994. At, uh, Back in 94, yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, it turned up on this streaming service that I that I have of course access it did. to. Everything comes back eventually. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch this first episode because it's a feature-length episode. It's like two hours long. Mm-hmm. And the whole episode itself wasn't too bad. The premise was okay. And the actors themselves were giving really impassioned performances. Oh, the, so not like the reboot then. The only, <laughs> the only exception was Robocop himself. And the actor who played him was so bad. And these ridiculous over-the-top sound effects every time. So I assume it wasn't Peter Weller. It was not Peter Weller. Because if it had been Peter Weller, that would have been amazing. Drop it, punk. Yes. Yes. There's a particular way you have to do the Robocop voice. Whereas he was almost doing... He was almost doing an impersonation of what he thought Peter Weller might sound like type thing. And and I just, yeah, it took me totally out of it. And I, I turned to my other half and I said, you know what? I said, I really, really like this, except for Robocop, mm. which is a real shame. Um, because all of the other sort of little character actors and the sub, they were really going for it. They were mm. really like giving good performances. This is how I feel about every Ricky Gervais show. Do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> lots of good characters, good writing and everything. But fucking Ricky Gervais in it for some reason. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Like, you know what made would have made Derek a better show? If it was just called Show and there was no Derek. <laughs> well, All joking aside, though, Afterlife was really good. And I'll credit him for that. He was really good in Afterlife. Well, um, I, I was thinking, right, that one topic I definitely want to talk about today is a little bit of a, of a movie madness invasion. Now, we've already talked about the <gasps> fact that... Crossover! Indeed, a crossover. Do I smell a crossover? I think you do. Uh, no. Whoa! Um, well, it's going to be wacky. It's crazy. It's fun. Ha- no. One of the things, uh, obviously, Movie Madness Season 3 is, um, well, by the time you hear this, it will have already started. (laughs) But at that same time, there's an exciting new Facebook page that you guys have, and that's going to give New branding, new logo, new year, new everything. Exactly. New guests, new excitement, new movies, blah, blah, blah. And this is the first season, the first proper season since it was October 2021 when season two ended. I believe we missed a whole, we took a gap year. Yes, took a gap year. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of cross over with a little bit of film talk with gaming. So recently, within the UK at least... Is this because, may I make a guess, that this is because the success of Super Mario Brothers has led to everyone freaking out that there's going to be a massive thing of, oh, the new comic book adaptions is video game adaptions, and there's going to be a new... There's going to be a Nintendo Cinematic Universe, and we need to go through Um, all the... Sony are doing God of War right now with um, Amazon Prime. Yeah. There's a Horizon TV show in production, Twisted Metal getting... Actually, Twisted Twisted Metal is coming yeah. out today for, for Twisted, Twisted Metal. Metal. I'm very I just exci- saw it was announced last night. I'm very excited for that. I'm excited because Will excited. Arnett is Sweet yes. Tooth. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. I didn't realize Anthony Mackie was the lead. 
Is he really? Yeah, he's wow. the driver in the lead. Yeah. Well, the point is, it it's not so. I mean, I did obviously I heard about the Nintendo universe and the cinematic stuff and all that. All I want is a live action but, Zelda. Just give me a fucking good live action Zelda, man. You've a just, good one. You've 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 literally listeners. He's literally just answered my question. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's fine <laughs> because my question was gonna be as a filmmaker, as one of the hosts of Movie Madness. What kind of what video games would you like to see made as films or or potentially TV <sighs> series if we were going down the Last of Us route? Right. Okay. <laughs> this is gonna sound real stupid. No, no, no. The reason I've always wanted a last uh, the Last of Us, Zelda. a Legend of Zelda yes. movie, is purely. The theme by Kanji Kodo, especially of A Link to the Past, is so iconic and amazing to my childhood. I'd love to see a movie blasting that fucking score the whole way through. And I would just love a movie, very simple, uh, where it's, you know, Link has to go on a journey. Link has to discover himself. Very traditional, like The Hobbit, only with less singing and less CGI. And do it old school like Crawl or the the Never Ending Story, something like that. And I and a very intimate version of a fantasy story. None of this earth shattering shit. Literally, Link has to help Zelda, has to find his way through and and walk the lands of Hyrule. And I would love it. I would love it so much. Kung Fu the series as a fantasy with Link. That's what I would like. Okay. And they won't do that. They'll do a fucking stupid animated movie with lots of shitty CGI, or if they did it by some miracle, if they did a live action, it's going to be, the stakes are the world could end, and there's 7,000 CGI armies, and all that. No, no, no. You don't need any of that, man. Link against one orc, plenty fine. Link against 20 orcs, I'm bored. I, yeah, I have to say I have, um, I I do as much as obviously Twisted Metal um, is one that I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, it's, it's gotta be Metal Gear Solid. I really want to see what they do with that. I'm really hoping that that actually pays off. I have off. no faith anyone will do it well. No. But there's always that little part of me yes. does hope that you'll wind yeah. up with a really great movie. Do you know what would make, for me personally, Metal yeah. Gear a great movie? Go on. Take all the Hydro Kojima out of it. Do you reckon? Okay. okay. And what I mean by that is the Metal Gear series is highly political, highly intelligent, and highly based on real life, but with fantastical technology and fantastical characters. Mm-hmm. Just stick with the characters and the simplicity of the story. Don't make it about real life. Don't make it about how this equates to fucking Watergate and all the other political yes. machinations. Just make it a simple, straightforward story of a spy doing a job. And that would make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are going to get hung up on the political side and they're going to make it too modern now and all about like, God, was it really right that we attacked Afghanistan? <laughs> was there really oil? It, it, at the end of the day here, who's really in charge of everything? A group of old white men. That's got to change. And it's like, no, I don't care about any of that stuff. Just make Snake have a cool mission, face off against fucking Psycho Mantis. It'll be really cool. Even cut the footage randomly yes. and do all kinds of visual effects when, when Psycho Mantis is controlling him. And then have like fucking Sniper Wolf shooting at him and have her still be a sexy fucking bitch. And none of this stuff where it's all like, oh, man, we got to dress all the characters down. You can't have women getting being appealing. That's another thing I fucking hate these days is like uh, it's demeaning to women to wear bikinis. So like 
in the new Mortal Kombat, you don't have any costumes for uh, like Katana where she's like scantily clad or whatever. All right. But all okay. the men still have their shirts off. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so we can objectify the men, but we can't objectify the women. I happen to know a lot of women who like being randomly objectified at times. Sometimes you feel sexy when you wear something like that. Hell's bells. I wear a nice thong. I feel kind of sexy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, you know, having a little bit of um, not so much skin on show, but showing the actual beauty of people. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I wouldn't call that objectifying personally. I would just say it's highlighting their beauty. Yes. Um, Oh, sure. There's exceptions to that rule where they do take it too far and it is just literally porn. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking yes. about just there's nothing wrong with having a cool outfit. And specifically, I know he got a lot of flack for the sniper. It wasn't Metal Gear 1, sorry. It was um, Metal Gear 5. Oh, yes. I can't remember course. her name. It was like Stealther. Oh, yes, but I know. Like I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yes. Whisper? No. Um, anyway, she was yes. like super short, coochie cutter shorts, and like torn, you know, stockings. And everyone was like, she's too sexualized. And I'm just looking at her like, that's a cool fucking character. That's hot. She's a honeypot if I ever saw one. Lure you in and kill you. That's cool. What's wrong with that? Well, it does. It Yeah, I mean, let's be fair. It's like Sniper Sniper Wolf. She was, was a redhead, wasn't she? No, Sniper Wolf was a blonde in, in the original. Oh, no, I'm yeah. thinking of, um, um, is it Beryl? The one that hides, pretends to be a soldier. He notices the uh, her, the swish of her ass. Oh, Meryl. Yes. Meryl. Meryl was a redhead. Meryl. Yes. Meryl. Yes. You couldn't even do that anymore. They'd call that him objectifying her. But I thought that was amazing. Showed he was such a spy. He could spot a woman's movement versus a man's. That's fucking, that's cool characterization. I, th I think, you know, I, I think Metal Gear Solid as a game was ahead of its time. And I would like to think it was a trendsetter. And I'd like to think that any kind of Metal Gear Solid project would do the same in a sense that it would like start booking the trend for how we need to be doing these kind of stealth action type films. And I, I don't know. I just I do. I do love, though, the performances in Metal Gear Solid one that mm. even though it's just Metal Gear. Yeah. yeah. Even though it's just a game, the voice acting itself and the emotion and, and whatnot. And yes, there is a lot of politics. Sniper Wolf in particular talks about the fact that she's a Kurd and the struggles of her people. But it's, you know, it got ridiculous because when they did Metal Gear Solid 2, you know, and then Raiden would just be there going, do you mean Wall Street is controlled by a group of secret patriots? That's right, Raiden. The la le lu le lo. And, you know, and it just... Yeah. La offense terrible. Indeed, indeed. Um, but uh, is there any other is there any other films any other games rather that you would like to see made into? There uh, a is film? a game. This is gonna seem like a really fucking weird obscure answer. Because uh, I mean, there is one in particular I would yeah. mention. Um, I've mentioned on Movie Madness before, and still I'll yes. mention it again in a minute. But <laughs> there's one game that came out that was nearly a fucking amazing game. Okay. But it it kind of sucked, which was a shame because the concept was so good that the yes. game sucking was a real disappointment. But it was mostly the technology. It was, again, ahead of its time. Yes. The technology wasn't there to do it right. Sure. But it was such a cool concept. I would love to make a movie of it. And that was Need for Speed, The Run. Okay. 
Need for Speed, the runs plot line was you're in like L.A. and you've got to get to New York in like fucking 12 hours or they're going to kill your sister or something. Okay. So he literally has to drive at high speed while dodging cops and mobsters all across the country. Right. And the gameplay was every level was a sprint. And then it would take like seven minutes to load the next state. And that was where it really held you back. Uh, but there was crazy shit going on. Like there was helicopters chasing you at times and they'd shoot something down and then a fucking thing would fall on the road. And you have to dodge in real time. And it was very over the top. It was a cool fucking game, but held back by little things like if for any reason you failed and clipped a, a car, you'd slow to a crawl. All the other traffic would stop to let you get back up. Cause of course the people chasing you, would catch you they can't mm. let that happen mm. so they just kind of stop until you get your speed back up uh, when you're having a perfect run it felt amazing but the slightest fuck up the game really showed that you're not meant to fuck up but that's a good thing for a movie i think is yeah. cross-country traveling and then put him on the news and escape and it'd be okay. very cool yeah, i love yeah. that plot line very okay. simple but cool lots of cars like what fast and furious should have been after yes. the third movie sure you know keeping about the cars and not that they're all fucking inspector gadget now um okay. but the classic one the biggest one which i'm always devastated they made a knockoff of anyway is secret of monkey island of course yes. pirates of the caribbean yeah. fucking ripped it off and i hate that we have a half version in the world instead of the full version no i would definitely i would love to see like a proper uh monkey island uh i'd like to see it maybe as an episodic actually if it was done right um mm. i like the sort of the adventures of guybrush treepwood type thing mm. and going from adventure to adventure and and sort of doing that and you know my dream though go on go on i mean if you're gonna go on this road i might as well tell you yes. as a filmmaker yes. i have a dream and That's i would i would love to have the opportunity to push this dream i haven't had the opportunity yet but you know we'll see because I know Tarantino's apparently bought the rights or he's allowed to do it, but he's not going to do it because he's giving up movies or whatever. Yeah, loser. Or it might have been J.J. Abrams, actually. One or the other. They're both going to fuck it up. I've always wanted to do a Half-Life trilogy. Okay. The first game as the first movie, introducing Gordon Freeman, running through Black Mesa, ending with the G-Man's uh, thing. Basically, mm -hmm. the game adapted. The second one would be the second game, the City 17 fall, and then the path through, and then ending in basically roughly the same place it ends in the actual game. Mm -hmm. I think both of those are good standalone stories. The third one, on the other hand, which doesn't have an ending in real life because they've never made the third game, mm -hmm. I would begin with Portal. Ooh. And I would have Portal introduce Aperture... Um, science that. laboratories yes, I and that. i would then interlink that with a new story involving how aperture and black mesa ended up having this underground rivalry that nice. led to a creation of time travel which led to the creation of the loss of the arboris ship and portal is taking place concurrently with half-life 3 which would then introduce both characters and they would team up to do half-life 3 and you'd have nice. shell from portal and gordon together for the third movie I could, you know what? I could get behind that. I could get behind it. It also reminds me. My plans would be a lot more detailed, but that's the no. simplified version, obviously. Well, it also reminds me on a on a completely different topic, but the same tangent. Um, I wanted, I, I was, I was trying to find, and it's no longer available anymore, 
this particular video game that's sort of bizarrely connected to the world of Portal that I can no longer play, but I really, really miss it. And it's like one of the few games that I massively miss. The can one- I guess? Yeah. Is it Quantum Conundrum? No. Oh, okay. Go on. It's the one where GLaDOS is the dealer at the poker game. Oh, um, it's like Telltale, Telltale, yeah, Telltale, like uh, Night at the Thingamajig, Texas yes. Hold'em, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't. Did you ever play the first one of that? Because there's two of them. No, they have different I, characters. Oh, I don't think so. I've played the one where uh, it's Glados and then Claptrap from Borderlands yep. and, and Seven Max. That's right. Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, well, the first one was like Brock from um, Venture Brothers. Wow, and Ash from The Evil Dead. And uh, who was the other characters? Um, that dude from uh, Bad Sad, whatever his name is, the little dude, the little mariachi, uh, sorry, luchador guy. It was a much less popular cast, yes. the first one. Yes. And then they made the second one. Um, I got both of those on Steam. You can play them today. Okay, really? Oh, yeah. It's only consoles you can't get them on. Oh, I must check that out then. That's oh, yeah. So just cool. jump on my Steam and have a play of it. Get on my friends list. Oh, that's amazing. Because I, I, do you know what I was genuinely thinking there recently? I really need to play that game again. I really miss it. And it's there's like a handful of games like that. Now, maybe Steam will answer that question. But there's a handful of games out there where you're like, I'd really love to play that. But it's no longer available through either PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo or whatnot. The thing is, and this is this is part of the reason why we'll only have one more console generation and then they're gone. Yes. Is, weirdly enough, this morning, I didn't even know I was going to do this episode. Total coincidence. <laughs> or is this it? This morning, I read a tweet from John Carmack. Oh, okay. Who says he was um, randomly reminiscing about his enjoyment of Quake 3 Arena. <laughs> and so, for a bit of fun, he just threw it on. Yes. And played it a couple of rounds against the bots and really enjoyed himself and was saying, you know, there's a few nitpicks I would make if I made the game today, but overall I'm still really satisfied with it from, you know, nearly 20 years ago. Yes. And then he says, how fantastic is it that the PC ecosystem allows me to jump on and play this 20-year-old game with no hassle instantaneously and it just works? Happy days. And it's like, did PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo never get the memo? Probably not. Uh, they probably decided for whatever reason there wasn't enough money. And I, I jumped on the mm-hmm. other day to play Batman The Telltale Stories, which I hadn't played in a while. And there's five episodes mm-hmm. and I was going to play through all of them one by one. And I had a disc. So I put the disc into the computer and it down. It had the first episode on there. And then it said, would you like to download episode two, three and what on? I got to episode four and it's just no longer on the PlayStation store. Episode five is, but episode four is gone. And at some point after what happened with Telltale, there must have been some issue with the license, which nobody has ever renewed. So ultimately this game just disappears effectively from from digital storage. And I thought it's really funny because... I've kind of seen that happen so many times where games have just vanished. Deadpool. Uh, yeah. Disappeared. Yeah. And I thought I would have just loved the opportunity. As you say, Steam is is a great one for that. Um, to be able to go back and go, yeah, let's let's play this game. Uh, speaking of the Quake engine, 
there's a game that I absolutely love and I'm going to have I'm going to have to search if it's on Steam. Star Trek Voyager Elite Force is one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, Raven Software, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah it was good. I adore Elite Force and I had a PC I I copy played that. I hate Star Trek. I couldn't yeah. care less about it. And I played that because um, it was a well-made game. It, it was. was. Really good at, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really fun. It was an absolutely fantastic game. I think we have we have time for for one more topic before we go anywhere. Um, it is it is looking at the. New- I am at your disposal. That's okay, and I appreciate it because you're going to be very useful for this last topic. <gasps> Very useful <laughs> as an American, you're gonna okay. be in particular. Oh fuck! And as as a businessman, all right, boy, you're gonna be, I'll do okay, it. Okay. You take you take me where you need me. Now, regular listeners to the show will know that we sometimes uh, look at what's happening in the news uh, as far as the UK in regards to gaming news. One of the things that we've spoken about before is the whole idea of the Activision sale of the uh, the Microsoft Activision and absolutely Blizzard ridiculous. Sale. Well, this week, uh, the Competition and Markets Authority branded it uh, bad for business to allow Microsoft to buy Activision. Yep, absolutely ridiculous. So Microsoft were naturally very upset about this, and they said, you know, for shame, Britain, and so forth. And I suppose it leads me to ask you what you think of it, and maybe that's that's the only answer. Absolutely ridiculous. In what sense? In the sense that they want to block a sale, not because of a monopoly scenario, but because they fear that having so many games that are dedicated to a platform will hinder the oncoming cloud streaming services that could be independently produced and used. Mm -hmm. That's fucking ridiculous. No one loves cloud gaming. No one will ever like cloud gaming. Cloud gaming is trash. It is, yes. I'll agree. Everyone... You know, they uh, Sony bought that company to do PlayStation Now. They had to backtrack and start doing downloads. There's an argument that it's just because the technology isn't there yet. No, the technology is there. It's a human right to have broadband. It is, yeah. And everyone can get fast internet. And fast internet is great for things like, you know, Netflix. It's not so great when you have to use an interactive medium and feed the inputs back and forth. And then get that in a high quality. At a time when you're getting great graphics, when you watch the 720p version, it's not exactly great anymore. Having dedicated hardware makes a huge difference. Sure, it'd be great you play it on your TV or whatever for a bit of a sides, but all you're going to wind up with is people going to the bullshit games like Candy Crush. Because if you play yeah. a really high quality game, you lose too much of it by the streaming. Even when we're all on one gigabyte internet and the streaming quality is amazing, by then graphics will have improved to where you still can't get the full quality across streaming. It will always be behind dedicated hardware. So to say that that's an excuse to prevent a merger like that is fucking stupid. All they're doing is making sure that these people treat England like a department they don't care about, Hmm. which used to happen, stopped happening, and will just happen again. Hmm. And it only stopped happening because... Well, if we give them enough hardware fast enough, they won't pirate things. Yeah. That was the only reason that England is even taken into account, because everyone here just pirates shit. Yes. And let's prevent that and actually get some money out of them instead. That's why they tried to get rid of the used game market, and that's nearly completely dead in America, because it's so cheap to buy shit anyway. Yeah. But in England, it's still expensive enough that everyone still uses used games, and game itself only exists tenuously at best anyway. Yes. You'd think that the more people having to buy games versus streaming them would keep stores like that open. Surely that's a better avenue. 
keep it on the high street instead of keep it online, keep it in the actual stores, keep it employed instead of having it on cloud services. But no, they're being incredibly fucking short-sighted. It's the second bad decision they've ever made. And the second bad decision they were, it's only the two decisions they've ever fucking made yeah. that count. And they're both terrible. So I think it's absolutely ridiculous. They should allow them to do what the fuck they want and get on with it. I think especially in this in this day and age, the competition and markets authority in, in an age that we live in <clears throat> where inflation is as messed up as it is, where food prices are rising as they are, where so many industries and organizations are on strike, where we've had a fallout from Brexit, the war in the Ukraine, the current government, etc., it effectively it's preventing the opportunity of moving forward with with creative industry, um, and and so it's it's hindering that as well. Look, man, I'm Xbox. I'm Phil Spector, right? Okay, uh, not Phil Spector, man. What's his name? Phil, is it Spector? Yeah, I think it is. It might be. I don't know. Okay. I'm the guy Phil from Xbox anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I see this happen, and I go, oh, okay. Well, we already have servers that host our games and host our online platforms. That's enough for them. Let's not bother sending so many physical copies. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Why bother printing them to sell yeah. them at a loss versus our digital content if they want to fucking stream them? Well, that's all they can have then. Fuck them. Yeah. And you're going to wind up with them putting less marketing, less care, and less attention into this country, which means less manufacturing, which means less distribution, which means less people buying, which means less service, less work, less economy. It'll hinder the UK going forward from those two companies. I'll guarantee they will do spiteful shit because they'll go to where the markets pay more. Yeah. Because all that matters is the amount of money you're giving. The bottom line. The bottom line. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, it it's something that you said earlier as well that resonated with me when you were talking about the marketing of games and the physical copies of games that are made where you get so little back. And I know that we've spoken about this before. Nintendo Switch is, is a good example in the sense that you buy a physical game, you open up the game itself, and there's nothing but a blank white paper that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. So there's no inlay box art. And sometimes, yes, you'll get an instruction manual, and sometimes you'll get that artwork in there. But for the most part, so many games do not have that in. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a part of the quality. And I understand, yeah, maybe the cost of the ink, maybe paying someone to design it. But nope, ultimately... You're talking literally pennies, yeah, pennies, yeah. pennies. And, and ultimately, having someone do that and having that artwork adds to the overall experience of buying the game. I maintain, as you will well know personally... When you were growing up in the 90s, when we were both, you know, PS1 players and that was the machine of choice, I was so jealous of American and Japanese gamers because the artwork and the presentation of the boxes was so superior. Mm -hmm. Even when the game itself wasn't a great game. Pool Hustlers is a phenomenal example. It's a ridiculously forgettable PS1 game. But the American version of that game is still presented in an amazing way. And you know yourself, there are several games that you still have on your shelf from your days in America from the PS1. Well, I did. I sold them all, but yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you'd, I thought you'd kept maybe one or I two. Think I, I think I kept, uh, I might have kept Wild Nine. Uh, you did. You did. Yes. And I might have kept. <sighs> you did keep Wild Nine and Gex. 
Oh, uh, yeah, Kevin yes. Gex, because yes. I love Edge of the Gecko. That's Gecko. right, yes. Yeah. Um, but also as well, I know that you somewhere, and I will get it off you one day, I swear, I know somewhere you have like a copy of Monkey Island that's on like five discs. Three 3.5 floppies. <laughs> and I'm and like... The little disc where you rotate the heads yeah. to link the heads up. And yeah. it's just so beautiful. And it's like this big box presentation. Oh, it's a massive box, very artwork. pretty, and then you yeah. open up these little discs. Yeah. <laughs> And but but my point is that it was all part of that experience. Yeah. And nowadays you buy a game, it arrives from Amazon because it's so dear to go in and buy one in game or HMV. It arrives from Amazon, you open it up, you open the thing up, and if you're lucky, it's warranty information. Mm -hmm. There's no artwork, it's a very basic thing. Whereas the PS1, and I and, and as I say, I can remember this as a kid. I can remember looking at these Japanese and American <clears throat> imports and just going, the level of detail into the artwork is just like a chef's kiss. It's like, Do you know whose fault it is, though? Whose fault is it? Your listeners. Is it our, is it? It's okay. your listeners' fault. Okay. 100%, because it's not my fault. This is, and this I don't is, think it'll be your is, fault, but it'll be their fault. One. Okay. How, no, 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 no. No, please. All these trends... All happen because people speak with their wallets. Yes. That's the one way that people yeah. speak. They have no other voice. Reviews don't matter. Social media doesn't matter. Nothing else matters except how you voice your opinion with your wallet. So when you're a big company and you release a bunch of cool shit and people are buying it, you start to think, how can I save some money? And you start losing little things like spend less on marketing, spend less on the advertising, spend less on the instruction manuals, spend less on this, spend less on that. If people keep buying in equal or greater numbers, they think it's okay. Mm -hmm. And it keeps happening. This happened with DVDs where they were very pretty and they were drawing you from VHS. And then Blu-rays now are full of shit. Blu-rays are just literally a slap of paper and a disc. And there's like no manual. There's no extra shit. There's hardly any features because who cares? You're going to buy it anyway. If you want the movie, you're going to buy it. Yes. But back in the day, you made me buy it because you had all these features and you had all these nice boxes and all these other things. And then people spoke with their wallets and kept buying when they started losing these things. And so they just kept doing it. And that's what's happened with uh, games. And the way you can see this more than anything is I don't know one person ever. I've never met one person ever who thought it was a good idea to have a loot box or a microtransaction or a DLC of it, well, like a sub, a, a non substantial DLC, like a level pack or a skin or something. Mm. I've never, ever, ever heard anyone say a positive thing about any of these things, but they persist and they continue. Why do they persist and continue? Because you keep buying the fucking things. Yeah. And though they've got no reason to stop, Fortnite would have failed miserably if it wasn't for little children who don't care. Adults didn't get that game big. Kids did. And kids don't care about the flashy stuff. So they just keep buying it. Hmm. And all your listeners ruined it by buying the shit before that stage. The earlier stuff where we started getting lesser, lesser and lesser quality of value. And you kept buying it anyway. All I'm saying is I'm putting it this way, right? I'll put it this way. Yeah. So um, Resident Evil is a great example. Okay. Look at Resident Evil 6. Okay. Resident Evil 6 is the most content-loaded Resident Evil ever. It's got four different campaigns. It's got Mercenaries mode. It's got shitloads of cosmetics and extras True. and bonuses and all that sort of stuff. 
why is Resident Evil 6 so packed to the brim? Hmm. I mean, presumably because they they really wanted people to, to buy it. Nope. No? It's because Resident Evil 5 was the highest selling game Capcom ever made. Okay. So they wanted to try and find a way to make sure that everyone who liked 5 would like 6 by giving them more of what they wanted. Okay. And then when 6 was a flop, what did they do? Well, Gave that's... you significantly less content in an entirely new way with Resident Evil 7. Yes, yes. Uh, 4 was very successful, which is why 5 is effectively a carbon copy, but with more added to it to draw yes. you to come back. When there's a success, you get more of it. When it's a failure, you get less of it. So if you're giving me less and you're still getting a success, why give me more? Hmm. Whereas when I have a little taste and I want more, you give me more to make me come back for more. Interesting. That's why that that's why six is so gigantic. That's why five was so much bigger than four. Hmm. Three was a flop. That's why four is so different than three. Indeed. Indeed. You just follow the trends of where the wallets go, man. Wallets speak louder than words. In the um in the Resident Evil 4 remake, does it still begin with Leon shooting the president? Because doesn't that that happens in Resident Evil Four? Isn't does it? it? Yeah. Does he? Did the guy who? I don't think it does. Pres- I think that's six. Oh, is that six? Yeah, four. You're going to the foreign country no, to save the right. president's daughter. Sorry, you're right. It is. But it you is can't six. look up her skirt anymore. Oh, you can't do that. No. There was a gag in, in Resident Evil Four where if she was climbing a ladder or something and you looked up, yes. she'd go, uh, "Don't look at me, you pervert." That's all gone now. You can't do anything like that. She's also more conservatively dressed because you wouldn't want her to be in any which way vulnerable <laughs> as the person you're protecting. Uh, you wouldn't want to objectify the characters. Also, they make sure to mention repeatedly for some reason in this one that she's over 16. Like she's like 16 and a half or 17 or something. They make mention of it, her age yeah. several times. Whereas in the original, I think it was ambiguous that she could be like 15. Hmm. But it's implied that Leon gets the banger at the end. So they probably removed that for a very specific reason. Yes. Yes. Well, there we go. Uh, listeners, do you agree with Henry? Is it all nope. your fault? Um, indeed, is anything that's been said on this show something <laughs> that you either agree or disagree with by either Henry or myself? I'm going to set up a hate P.O. box. Get, I'll get around to it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I'll get we'll, around we'll, to we'll it. We'll set up a special email address. You know, Henry at Plug and Play. No. Uh, we'll, we'll set no, something. Hate at Plug and Play. Yeah, hate <laughs> at Plug and Play. P.O. box, a care of Hank the Yank. No. Um, we'll get it done. Um, before we go anywhere, do tell us though, Henry, where can people find out about Movie Madness? How can they listen to it? What's going on? Uh, Movie Madness, uh, the new episodes for season three and also new, uh, new episodes are coming out Monday, the 1st of May, and then continuing every Monday afterward. And we also have random, uh, special interviews with other filmmakers, people from around the world, actors and so on coming out on Thursdays. And you can find that on like, uh, Spotify, um, Apple Music, Google Music, Apple, Apple Plus, I think it's called now or something. What is it? Music Plus? Is that what they call um, it? It's like, well, there's. They changed the name yeah. a while ago. Spotify is like, I now. think Spotify is like Spotify for podcasters now or something as well. And yeah, shit like and that. And then there's like a Google podcast as well that, that listeners will know from this show. That well, it's on all that. of those yeah. and Podbean and Anchor. It's and where it needs to it's be. everywhere it needs yes. to be. Yeah. If but you could find a place where it's not, then it probably is a place that sucks. But if they are on Facebook, they should also check out that you have an amazing Facebook page and presumably behind the scenes stuff and all exciting news that will be happening. Yep. And, all and that, yeah. on there, on the uh, Movie Madness Podcast UK at Facebook, you can uh, also, if you want to get involved, you can suggest topics 
topics. You can uh, ask if you want to come on the show. We welcome people all the time Amazing. to get involved. Uh, feel free to check it out. And also let us know what you think of the new branding. We've got this new logo and stuff and uh, everyone seems to really like it. It's very horror orientated, but I what? think that's do, cool. Do you know the first thing it reminded me of? Go right? on. And I don't know why. Um, well, I do know why, because it was similar and then it wasn't when I kind of did further examination. Uh, Batman the Killing Joke. I do, I do, it, for some reason. I think reason, just because the big lens. Yeah. Because he has the camera yeah. on Killing Joke, doesn't he? And it was just for face. some reason, I just immediately thought the Joker, Killing Joke, Batman. But yeah, I, I think do, that's because yeah. the big ass yeah, lens yeah. on it. But I mean, this is an international thing. Just the other uh, just the other day, I believe you spoke to someone who was like based in Bali and all that. So you interview people all over the world. Oh, yeah. We talked to people from America, Canada. Um, this this case in particular was someone from Germany, a uh, famous cool. actor called, um, I shouldn't even reveal it, but I'll reveal it anyway. Uh, we were talking with uh, Matthias Hughes, nice, who is nice. uh, the alien in I Come in Peace and has worked oh, wow. in over 75 action films. Um He's in The Last Kumite coming out soon. He was in like uh, Kickboxer 2 and uh, No Retreat, No Surrender and Digital Man and lots and lots of like, uh, you know, um, action flicks from the 90s into the 2000s and so Very on. Cool. Uh, legendary dude. Lovely dude. Really nice to talk with. Uh, it has just so many fucking cool stories and experiences. Oh, that's so cool. But that's the kind of thing we do. We try to big everyone up and also get everyone to share. It's because it's like much like you with this show, I know I sound so negative about games, but I do love games. I do yeah. love movies. Yeah, and yeah. we try to be quite um, exploring all aspects of them. I, yes. I don't think, though, that loving something means you have to pretend there's not faults. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah, like yeah. I love PlayStation. I've got lots of great PlayStation games that I've really enjoyed and I think are classics and legendary. But PlayStation as an entity doesn't make nothing but good moves. I mean, what the fuck was Book of Wonders? Indeed. You know, Indeed. that's like a, a, even Xbox fans must be like, yeah, man, Xbox is so fucking amazing. They just say connect and they kind of go quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this it, is true. No one doesn't make mistakes. This is no <clears throat> one. No we, one is without. <clears throat> and um, Indeed. But that doesn't mean I don't love games. You know, no, I really, yeah. really like sitting down. I mean, I was just sitting there the other night playing some uh, Binding of Isaac. I must have put hundreds of hours into Binding of Isaac. And I just sit and turn my brain off and just really enjoy running through that shit. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Henry, it's been a pleasure. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Um, anytime, dude. Anytime. Uh, it's an as long as I'm wanted, I'm here. <laughs> always wanted. Um, <laughs> and I know and I know the fans, I know the listeners have said that as well. So thank you so much, uh, guys, for listening. My name's been Wayne Madden. Indeed, keep tuning in. It's plug in and play. And uh, we will try and be as regular as we can. Um as regular as that bloody horse in Red Dead Redemption 2. But in the meantime, those weedies. Indeed, in the meantime, uh, I think I'm I, I think I'm off to play some poker on Steam. Uh, and I will catch you very soon again. Take care. All the best. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Bleep bleep bleep. <laughs>